Charles Moskowitz here. So we've had the new Democratic members of Congress, particularly Ilhan Omar from Minnesota, uh, um, Rashid, um, what's her name, um, from um, Tlaib, thank you, from uh, Michigan, um, and also the one from New York, AOC, making anti-Israel comments that also border into the area of anti-Jewish, uh, I don't want to say anti-Semitic, I don't think they're racist in orientation, but they have, they've been, main, they've been mainstreaming and legitimizing um, old anti-Jewish tropes, as it were. And those are things that have never occurred in the United States before, that kind of legitimization. Um, you know, it's not, it's typical in Europe, certainly typical in the Middle East, but this idea that the Jews control people through money and, you know, this kind of a page out of the protocols of the elders of Zion. And to have a member of Congress talking about this. And what's worse is not being in any way criticized for it by her own party who cannot come out with a statement condemning it and in fact have left her in place on important uh, congressional committees. That has the practical effect of mainstreaming and legitimizing these ideas. Now, I want to address a couple of these things. First of all, it is perfectly fine and perfectly okay if they want to be anti-Israel. That's their right. I'm not, and nor am I trying to say that they don't have a right to say any of these things. But we have a right to respond to them, and I'm going to respond to them right now. As far as anti-Israel goes, um, Israel is a dynamic society. I mean, this is an area where I disagree with the analysis of Dr. E. Michael Jones, who is a scholar that I have a great deal of respect for. I've read many of his books, but I think he's way off base when he repeatedly says that the Jews don't have logos. We don't have, and the way he defines logos is... Uh, a combination of faith and reason that he traces back to the ancient Greeks. Well, his claim that the reason Jews don't have Logos is because we did not accept Jesus as the Messiah and because our ancestors um, recommended that Jesus be crucified to the Romans and therefore we killed the Messiah and thus we lost our Logos. Um, I would point to the fact that this is obviously not true throughout history, but particularly not true in, in real stark proof if you take a look at the state of Israel. Israel is drenched with Lagos. Um, I would recommend that Dr. Jones, who has been a world traveler and who has been to many countries and studied deeply in other societies, that before making a statement like that, he go to Israel he spent time in Israel, not just as a tourist, but get to know Israelis and get to look at Israeli society. And what he'll see is a society that, as I say, is drenched in Lagos. It is a dynamic, real place that, that is filled with people who have creativity and energy and spirituality and faith, but also a great foundation of reason. It is a civilization that the world should be proud of and that is living up to its creed of setting the stage for the coming of the Messiah, 
or in the case of Christians, the second coming of the Messiah. For that matter, in the case of Muslims, the coming of, their, of the Mahdi. I mean, Israel is the footstool of all of this. And part of the qualifications for getting there is for the Jews, the people of the book, to assume sovereignty there, as is commanded in the Torah, and to develop a society that is worthy of such an event. Israel is, is very much moving in that direction. It's not a utopia. Israel is at war. There is a civil war between Israel and the Palestinian Arabs, and that aspects of that war mean that Israel doesn't always behave perfectly. I'm not claiming it does. There have been atrocities, not atrocities, but there's been mistakes and human rights violations. And Israel is also at war with aggressors over in other countries like Iran, who seek to annihilate Israel. In other words, Israel is dealing with a genocidal threat. I don't think anybody could deny that. But having said that, if you go to Israel, you're going to see not just Israeli Jews, but Israeli Arabs, Palestinian Arabs, other non-Jewish Israelis and, and, and non-Jews in Israel, having embraced this, this, this energy, this, this logos, I would argue, as Dr. Jones says, you know, that, that has created a dynamic place. So, you know, if they want to be anti-Israel and they want to leave Israel alone to have to face genocidal threats from Iran and from, from you know, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and other, other groups that seek to annihilate and wipe Israel out because of its logos, then I say they have a right to advocate that, but I say, come on down and let's debate the issue and let's take a look at the facts. Now, as far as Israel, as far as Jews go with Elon Omar's comment about Jewish money buying influence, first of all, you know, I don't think the Jews are any longer the big money people. <laughs> you know, you maybe they were at the height of the Jewish banking dynasties in the late 19th, early 20th century. Okay. The Rothschilds, the Warburgs, you know, these great secular Jewish dynasties that were not even particularly loyal to Judaism. Um, you could say that, yeah, they had a lot of money. They were very successful. And that Jews generally are more successful because, for a lot of reasons, frankly, because we have Lagos, because we, 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 we strive to have strong families and we value education and we value success and we, you know, we, we have a sense of, of social justice. And also, in spite of classic stereotypes, Jewish businessmen, Jewish doctors, Jewish lawyers, they actually have, and I'm generalizing here, a generally a, a very good standard of ethics and morality, better than average citizens, which is why people go to them, which is why they are looked to, which is why they are admired, and which is why they've been innovative and cutting edge in terms of advancing uh, ideas of morality and ethics. Now, I could go deeply into the subject of how Judaism became poisoned by the false messiah, Shabtai Zvi, and his, his chief disciple, Jacob Frank, and how this has led to a poisonous anti-God movement that has infected Judaism and that has infected the body. And uh, E. Michael Jones brings this out by demonstrating some of the worst examples of people with Jewish backgrounds, such as you know, American cultural figures like Philip Roth and Woody Allen. And I think he talks about um, Fritz Lewin, the uh, psychologist, and 
you know, the Frankfurt School and Freud and some of these other people who have Jewish backgrounds. But he's missing the point, and I would argue that their, their crimes to, against our culture and our politics is not because they're Jews, that's because they've rejected Judaism. They've rejected God. They're at war with God. And the same could be said with Catholics and Protestants who likewise have been very sinister figures, all right? And we could certainly go through a list of them. So the locus is not on the Jewish covenant, which is forever, according to none other than Jesus of Nazareth himself, who, according to the book of Matthew and the book of Acts, is attributed to having stated that the covenant between the Jews and God is forever, all right? That doesn't negate his covenant. That doesn't, I happen to be a believer in the dual covenant theory, even though I don't think that's ever going to be accepted by a majority of either Jews or Christians. But to me, when I look at the, the story of Jesus and the story of, of his ministry and how it has brought the Torah to the world, I have to conclude that this was divine and that this was part of, the, of a broadening of the Mosaic Covenant. Whether or not he was the Messiah is another question. That's a Christian question. It's not relevant to me as a Jew, but what I do observe is that that covenant, that ministry that Jesus launched and the religion that emanated from it has brought the Torah and its moral and ethical precepts to a large portion of the world. And for that, I think that you could say that this is a new covenant and that he was certainly messianic as a figure, if not the Messiah, which again, I don't cross that bridge, but you know, certainly at least the, one of the greatest human beings to ever walk the face of the earth. But getting back here, the money is no longer in the hands of the Jews. We're successful, we're middle class, upper class, but I would argue that in this day and age, the big money is actually with both the far left, the top one percenters, which are left wing and which are predominantly not Jewish, not that it matters, and Asians, you know, Chinese, Japanese, Taiwanese, Indonesians, not to mention super wealthy people from the Middle East, from the Saudi Arabians, the Saudis. And right here in our own hemisphere, you go to Mexico, you have huge wealth uh, held by uh, Carlos Slim comes to mind. I mean, you've got these enormous concentrations of wealth in the hands of a very few, if not one person. Um, that's where the money is now. I mean, if you want to criticize that, and I don't. But if they're going to make conspiracy theories about Jewish money, they're, they're a bit out, outdated. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And, and I think they need to be challenged on the, on the face of it. And um, as far as there being a Jewish conspiracy, I would argue that the conspiracy is within Judaism. We are struggling internally for our own soul. And that that conspiracy began with the false messiahship of Shabtai Zvi. Again, a subject I've gotten into in previous discussions of Beyond the Scope today. But um, I just want to point out to in conclusion that while I respect the right of, of Elon Omar and these others to weave anti-Jewish conspiracy theories and to oppose Israel, I think the best remedy is to meet them on the field of ideas and to challenge them in reasoned and dispassionate debate 
If I had been around doing this in the 1930s, I'm sure I would have tried to interview Adolf Hitler and his Nazi henchmen and other Nazi sympathizers because I want to call them out. I want to expose them. I want to smoke them out and try to bring to the light of day exactly what it is that they do believe, what it is that they do advocate. Because I trust the people, once, it, once those things are exposed, will make up their own minds with regard to those, the validity of those beliefs and will then act accordingly. Anyway, thanks for watching everyone. Charles Moskowitz, my books are available of course at amazon.com. Have a great day.